0: Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Great to be back again with all of our listeners. Good to be able to open up God's Word together, study together, learn a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper, and grow spiritually. Grow stronger in our faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you to tell others about the program, Search the Scriptures, and we encourage you to encourage them to listen. Now we know that there are some people who are not able to listen at the prescribed times even though we're on several times a day in the Omaha area but they can go to and you can take advantage of this yourself you can go to our our, our website at churchofchrist.com churchofchrist.com and click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting it's free it always will be free we're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when somebody signs up for a podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smartphone or computer or whatever smart device they choose, this radio program. Search the scriptures Monday through Friday, and then they can listen to it as they have the opportunity. But they'll also receive a great deal more Bible teaching. Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a daily seven-day-a-week short Bible study that we call Today's Bible Class. It's only about 13 or so minutes long each day, and we can get into God's Word usually for 13 or so minutes, and again, that's seven days a week. All of that will be free and will go to their smart device, by podcast. We also encourage you, if you're in the Omaha area, to come and check us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin on Sunday morning at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, we come back together at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. And on Wednesday evenings, good time in the middle of the week to get our spiritual batteries recharged to be able to deal more effectively with the rest of the week, we come back together each Wednesday evening at 6.30 for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services, and we hope to meet you soon get to know you, let you get to know us. Hope to see you soon. We're going to get back into our our line of thought and study, talking about how we need to be focused. Don't let the devil win. Don't let him win in your life. Don't let him win your soul. And that's exactly what he's after. He's after your soul's destruction. God sent Jesus into this world as our Savior so that we could be saved. Our soul could go on for eternity with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in heaven. And that's forever and ever. Jesus told the apostles on the night of his betrayal in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So God sent Jesus into this world so we could have the opportunity to be in heaven for all of eternity. In, earlier in that chapter, in verse 3, Jesus told the apostles, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is waiting for us in heaven. But he's not going to make us go there. God gives us the hope, the opportunity the way to be with him in heaven for all of eternity, but he's not going to make us do it. He's not going to make us live the righteous, faithful Christian life. He leaves that up to us to make the choice, but of course he tells us the consequences if we make the wrong choice, and that's what the devil is after. He's after luring us into various temptations to turn away from God through sin, and the wages of sin is death. Romans 6 and verse 23. Now the same verse shows us what God is offering us, how what God has made the way for us to be able to, to become a part of. The rest of the verse says, But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But we have to make up our minds which way are we going to go? don't let the devil win. Peter describes him as being like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And you and I are the ones he's seeking to devour. Now, that is to pull us away from God through sin and lead us into eternal condemnation in hell. You see, it's, a, it's an either or proposition. We're either walking with God faithfully Or we're walking with the devil in sin. We're either traveling toward heaven or we're traveling toward hell. There's no middle ground. It's either or. So we need to make up our mind. We talked about that in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, where the Apostle Paul said, Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth we need to be focused and stay focused. Now, we're talking in this particular section of this study, Don't Let the Devil Win, about how we can be focused and be effective and be victorious over the devil. Not letting him win, but being victorious over him and all that he tries to lure us into, and that's sin. So we talked about How God has created us for good works. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And repeatedly through the short letter that Paul wrote to Titus, only three chapters, short, short letter, three times in there, he emphasizes that we need to maintain good works. We need to be zealous for good works. Titus chapter 2 verses 13 and 14. Titus chapter three and verse seven, chapter three, uh, chapter I'm sorry, chapter three verses seven and eight, and also verse fourteen. So, if we want to have the hope of eternal life, then we need to be careful to maintain good works. And something I tried to emphasize is that you see, if we're busy serving God, if we're busy living that active, dedicated, working Christian life, then the devil's not going to have as many openings, as much opportunity to get into our head, to get into our lives, to try to, to slow us down, pull us away from God, lead us into sin, because we're going to be focused on actively serving God through good works, through dedication. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, we talked about how Jesus said that we, as his faithful followers, as Christians, we are to be the salt of the earth. And salt is a seasoning influence, making things better. But it also is a preservative, preservative. But if salt has lost its abilities to be salt, Jesus says, it's good for nothing. Throw it away. Now, we need to be that active salt on the people around us, on the world around us. We need to be an influence for God and Christ and Christianity through the way that we live our lives before others on a daily basis. Jesus also said in that same text, Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16, you're the light of the world. Now, you look at the scriptures and sin and evil and wickedness, unrighteousness is described as darkness. Righteousness, faithfulness, dedication to God, Christianity is described as light. What does light do in the face of darkness? It dispels it. What is darkness? How do you, how do you define darkness? The absence of light. And so Jesus says, let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We're supposed to help people see the better way of Christianity through their daily lives. See that better way through the way that we're living our lives as Christians before them. And in doing so, we're bringing glory to the Father. The Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, as we noted, That if we will just consistently live a faithful, dedicated Christian life, active Christian life, that even, even those who might persecute us, make fun of us, ridicule us, tease us, call us names, eventually, Peter says, a lot of them, their mouths will be shut because they'll see, even in the face of their attempted provocation, we don't take the bait. We just continue to live the dedicated, faithful, consistent Christian life, even in the face of what they're trying to do to us. So God has prepared for us good works. He's he's given each of us abilities and capabilities, and I would say also opportunities of influence with others around us to be able to help people see the light of Christianity and the way out of the darkness of sin through Jesus Christ. Now, what other way can we be on guard and not let the devil win? We need to be people who help others others see, in some cases, openly teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul wrote in Romans 1 and verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. The gospel message, that message that Jesus brought from heaven to mankind is the message of salvation. The gospel, boiled down, it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. But it encompasses all of the principles of Christianity. Jesus is our Savior, our only Savior. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, we read, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3 and verse 16. Jesus is our Savior, our only Savior. He brought that message of salvation again from the throne room in heaven. And so how can we stay effective, faithful, dedicated as Christians and thereby resist the devil effectively day in and day out? Well, again, be involved in good works. And one of the good works that we need to be involved in, to whatever degree that we can, according to our abilities that God has blessed us with, is to evangelize, is to teach others the saving message of the gospel of Christ. Matthew recorded the Great Commission, as we call it, that Jesus gave the apostles, and through them, that's our Great Commission today, as faithful, dedicated Christians. He told them, go therefore and make disciples, Followers of Him, of all nations, obviously talking about of people everywhere around the world, go go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, to the end of the age. Or the world. Amen. So we need to, in whatever way we can, reach out with that saving message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Mark recorded that great commission in Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Now that's the message that we need to be preaching, that Jesus is our savior, You don't have to stay lost in your sin. You can be forgiven. However bad you've been, whatever heinous things you've committed, you can be forgiven through Jesus Christ. He died on the cross so that you can be forgiven, but you've got to come to him. In repentance, Jesus said, Luke 13 and verse 3, you've got to come to him in open confession of your faith in him as God's son and your savior, Jesus said in Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33. And you have to come to him in total surrender. As Jesus told the apostles to preach and teach, as we've just read in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mark 16, 15 and 16, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. As you surrender to your Lord in baptism, being buried with him in those waters of baptism, that is totally submerged. That's what bapt—that's what the word baptize means. Immerse, submerge, dip, bury, plunge. It's not a pouring over your head of water. It's not a sprinkling of water over your head or in your face. It's not rubbing some water on your forehead. It is a total immersion in the water. As Jesus was totally buried in that tomb in the earth when he died on that cross, we are to be totally buried with him in the waters of baptism. He came forth from that tomb resurrected alive, and we come up out of that watery grave resurrected to a new life in Christ because as we were buried with him in the waters of baptism, the blood that he shed on the cross cleansed us of the guilt of our sins. We died to that old life of sinfulness, and we were reborn to a new life of salvation, of eternal life in Christ, forgiven of our sins, saved. Well, the apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Now, is it foolish to preach the gospel message of salvation through Jesus Christ? Of course not. But you see, there are a whole lot of people out there who think that's that's a foolish proposal. That's a foolish message. Being baptized into Christ? Nah, why do I need to do that? Or even become a Christian? Nah, that's foolish. Belief in God? Those are for fools who believe that. Now, that's where a lot of people are. And so from a worldly perspective, preaching the gospel, being the church, being an active, consistent, dedicated, faithful Christian, being with the church every week, worshiping God, partaking of the Lord's Supper? to an unbelieving world that's foolishness but to those who are believed uh, but to those who are saved it's the power of god through jesus christ what did paul say again for since in the wisdom of god the world through wisdom did not know god it pleased god through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe we need to be out there teaching and preaching the gospel of christ Going back to verse 20 in that same first chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul asks the question, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Again, a whole lot of people in our culture right now, in our country, they think they're too smart to believe in God or too smart to believe in Christianity, to believe in the Bible. Well, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age, Paul asks Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And so in the eyes of people who think they're too smart, too sophisticated, too intellectual to believe in God, to believe in the Bible, to believe in Christianity, to believe in the church, well, to them preaching that gospel message is foolishness but they are the ones who are actually living in foolishness themselves not the faithful dedicated christians well second timothy chapter 2 and verse 2 the apostle paul wrote here and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also you see spreading the gospel of christ Christianity. It's a recycling kind of principle. Somebody taught me a long time ago. I've taught a whole lot of other people and continue to strive to do so. And what should happen is those who believe and obey should then teach others. Now, not all of us can preach from a pulpit. Not all of us can stand before a Bible class behind a class lectern and teach a Bible class. But we can reach out in whatever ways that God has blessed us to be able to do. Sometimes it might simply be, hey, Joe, hey, Mary, sure would love to have you come and, and worship with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ this Sunday. Got some good teaching going on there. Now, that's a way that a person can reach out. And that's a way that we can stay active in our Christianity, in our faith, and thereby not let the devil win in his attempt to pull us down into sin, away from God, and into ultimate eternal condemnation in hell. Now, the devil wants to keep you from being seasoning salt. He wants to keep you from being the shining light of Christianity, of godliness, of faithfulness to God. And so he will try to use whatever means he can to keep you from being that effective Christian, that effective, dedicated, consistent, faithful follower of God through Christ. Now He wants to keep you from doing the good works that God wants you to be able to do. That he's designed you to be able to do. Don't let the devil keep you inactive. You see, a whole lot of people they say, I, I can't do, I, I can't do nothing. Now, I hope you understood the misuse of grammar there for emphasis. What? You can't do nothing? You mean you're just a hunk of junk? You have no abilities? Of course, that's wrong. You may not be able again to stand before a class lectern and teach a whole Bible class. You may not be able to stand in a pulpit and preach a gospel sermon to a whole congregation of listeners. But you can do something to reach out. You can invite someone to church services. Don't let the devil keep you afraid. If that's the only way he can beat you, then then he'll keep you afraid. In 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verses 6 and 7, Paul wrote, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands, he's telling Timothy. And then he goes on and says, and, and note this for, for yourself and for us, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, if the devil can keep you afraid of stepping forward and being that active, dedicated Christian and inviting somebody to church services, that he'll keep you afraid if that's how he can beat you. But don't let the devil win. Don't let the devil win. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but look at this, but of power and of love and of a sound mind through Jesus Christ, through the teachings of his word Be determined. Be focused. Make up your mind. We'll dig a little bit deeper next time as to how we can stand on guard and never let the devil win. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for assuring us that we can stay faithful to you and serve you in meaningful and productive ways. Help us to stay in your word. Help us to stay in prayer to you and help us to stay faithful and obedient, Father, always, we pray. Guide us in this, please. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.